Well, how's it going, Gord? Yeah, good, Adams. How about for you? So far, so good. We had a uh, we had an interesting morning. An interesting, I dare I say, summer morning. Uh, wow. This morning. They're still saying summer, but I was up early. I was up at five, and I was drinking tea, and I switched the weather network on just to see how warm or cool it was. Yeah. And it was after weeks weeks of 31 feels like 39 first thing in the morning 21 22 degrees oh, yeah. this morning it was nine feels like five that feels like fall right there oh yeah yeah well it's funny even you and i as we're sitting in this room right now we both have jeans on which oh jeans and i, I haven't worn jeans all summer like and no no flip-flops no. it's, uh, it's the uh, blundstones today <laughs> Yeah. Even today, um, right before um, our meeting this morning, I, I ran out to go grab a coffee and I saw that they've at like Starbucks has already started advertising that they're doing the whole pumpkin spice oh, stuff. Oh, pumpkin lattes now. And so I was like, well, it's, co it's cool enough outside that I don't feel silly ordering this. <laughs> <laughs> so how was it? Oh, it was tasty. It was good. But you know what? I will be honest with you. I think at the end of the day... I enjoy if I'm gonna get a latte. I enjoy the chai tea ones more. Yeah, I I just don't care for pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah, I never have, and yeah. as you well know, I'm a, a chai latte guy. Oh yeah. Now, is it with the chai latte that you also put peppermint in with it? No, that's something different. That's something different. Uh, but I get it made with soy. Right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a uh, soy. Chai tea latte. Yeah. No, the peppermint is in my triple blonde espresso oh, uh, americano. Right. That's right. With peppermint mm. and extra cream. Yeah. The coffee, what well, we've been using at home to make coffee uh, for, instead of putting milk or cream in, we've actually been putting oat milk in. How's that? I we we really like it. It kind of uh, there's no like dietary reason why we started doing it. it just Caitlin, uh, she had a coffee shop downtown. That she really liked and they always used oat milk and so she just kind of liked the flavor and yeah way you go yeah and we have a little frother thing and it like i find the oat milk really froths more than like your typical milk so i thought oh that's gonna boy you are turning into a snob yeah i know I'm, I'm i'm diving <laughs> right into it <laughs> good but yeah, so this morning we are talking about the idea of what uh was taught just this last week Gordon that was stewardship stewardship we we could have almost attached it to last week's when we talked about time and money because yeah. it's a stewardship that attaches to both of that but exactly both of them but we talked about stewardship this past week yeah yeah and you know we always like to do this Gord, but maybe just like a 30,000 foot view of yep. where you uh, went let's start here uh, there are two words that Paul uses uh, before we get to the main passage, mm -hmm. in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 1 and 2, Paul says, this is how you should regard us. Because with him and Apollo, people were saying, well, I'm of Paul, and some I am right. of Apollos. And uh, they were kind of camping up. And mm -hmm. Paul says, no, this is how you should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, those two words... Uh, servants of Christ and stewards are very particular words. Mm. And the two words being used there, uh, 
the, the word for servants there is huperetes. Mm. And uh, a huperetes was a name used, if you've ever seen the pictures of the Roman uh, ships, even okay. warships, okay, yeah. with the rows of oarsmen, yes, multiple yeah. levels, maybe three levels, some with four or five. It's why the Romans had control of the Mediterranean, mm. called it uh, Nostrum Mare, our sea, was because it could travel so quickly. Mm. And uh, these powerful warships, but they were powered by rows of people who were called a huperetes, huh. under rowers. Right. So Paul is saying, I'm an under rower of Christ. Right, okay. That's the first word. Yeah. And then stewards. Uh, stewards, uh, oikonomos, oikos, house or household, and nemo means to allot. Okay. And so it was the person who allotted things out in the house. It was, it was kind of the house boss, the oh, one okay. who had responsibility for what went on in the house, and they kept track of things and they parceled things out. Sure, and, yeah. Uh, if you go back to Joseph in. Egypt, he became the, now it's Old Testament, but he became the oikonomos mm. for Pharaoh. Everything uh, right, in right, Pharaoh's right. house was in his hands. Right. And those are the two words, and, and Paul says, so you need to regard us as under rowers and house stewards. Interesting. Or house managers. Yeah. That's how you see us with the mysteries of God. So... They didn't have any special hold on it, no mm. special possession of it. They were simply to deliver it. Mm. And uh, they saw themselves as caretakers right. yeah. of what belonged to God. And, and with a steward and the whole idea of stewardship, that's the key. Mm -hmm. is stewards are always managers, never owners. Right. Yeah. So the owner can do whatever he wants with his stuff. Right. But sometimes what he'll do is he'll put it in the care of a steward. Right. But it, the stuff never belongs to the steward. Right, yeah. It's interesting, though, even with that, um, those two words, like the oikonomos, like even the way you describe it, um, there's still power there, though. You know what I mean? Like, there's not ownership, but there's That's still... That's a good observation. Yeah. There's not ownership, but it's still a very powerful position. Right. Yeah. And Jesus, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Right. Yeah. Like, the, the, the funny thing in, in Corinthians, the first Corinthians outlines this, that, um, that, a, that, the preaching of the gospel, which some will see as foolish. Paul calls it the foolishness of the gospel. Mm. The foolishness of preaching is what right. he calls it. Yet that foolishness in the hands of the Holy Spirit is used to change lives. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. So, yes, you're right. There is power there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, you were saying to me, um, you were even thinking, like, 
his, I, yeah, I would say historically, like historically in the last little while of church history, when we toss around the word stewardship, everyone thinks money, right? <laughs> and only money and only money. Yeah. If, if we say we're going to have a stewardship campaign, right? Everyone says, oh, the pastor's going to talk about money for the next four weeks. Right. Because that's all we think. Mm-hmm. And further to that, when we think stewardship and when we think stewardship as money, right. we often, I can't answer for anybody else, but in the Baptist churches I've hung around, <laughs> it normally has to do with being cheap. Ah, uh, okay. Saving money. Right. Well, you know, we got to be good stewards, meaning we right. can't be generous. Right, interesting. As if generosity mm. and good stewardship were at odds. Hmm. When really, yeah. one may be an expression of the other. Because stewardship has to do with an effective, appropriate use of resources for kingdom good. Right. That's what stewardship is. Right. And so it may be that what I need to do with what God's given me is give it away. Mm. That may be the best use of kingdom resource, yeah. is to simply give it to somebody who needs it. Mm. In fact, we see that in Acts chapter 2, where the disciples sold what they had yeah, yeah. and gave to anyone who had need. And I would say... That's good stewardship. Yeah. Now, some old schoolers would say, I don't know, you just you know, like you just can't be giving it away willy-nilly. Yeah. yeah, you can. And you know why? Because, number one, it doesn't belong to you. Right. It belongs to God. Yeah. And, number two, maybe he's given it to you to give away. Mm. Do, you, do, you, do you think, like, would you have any insight on maybe where that start that sort of thinking started to come into no the church? idea I, I should probably yeah. know the answer to this and I don't yeah I'm sure there's some cultural aspects to it as well like that we're not aware of maybe just um, yeah I mean back uh, well it's a generation and a half ago now mm. uh, they were just coming out of the war yeah and wartime. You know, I used to get the speech from my dad where he'd say, oh, I grew up during during the war, I'll eat anything. Right. And he'd say, yeah, porridge, yeah, I love porridge. Once in a while, we even got a little bit of molasses to go in it. <laughs> yeah. Brown sugar, no, never, never right, had brown yeah. sugar. And so there's this scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset, yeah. I, I, had, a, I had someone in a church meeting. This was a church leader. Hmm. In my lifetime, in a ministry I was involved with, say, we have a reputation for being stingy here, and we wouldn't want to lose that reputation. Oh. <laughs> and would consider that good stewardship. Interesting. Interesting. Just being about as non-biblical, anti-biblical as you could be, mm. and seeing it as a virtue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so fascinating. I, I remember um, um, one of my professors did some research on on money in the church, and mm-hmm. he was looking at certain churches that had actually been given, I don't know if the word would be an endowment or, or, or something, to the extent where 
it almost kind of freed the church up. And then they would have never said this, but it freed the church up from really depending on the tithe. Yes. Now, what happened, though, is that the congregation was aware of that. Yes. And then my professor's research where it led to was that he was like, if you want to kill a church... Give, do that. Do Give them an endowment, right? Like, <laughs> like I, squirrel I, the money away. And, I, well, and not only that, I, I also served in a church that was one of those. Oh, interesting. And what happened was people got lazy about giving. Mm. Yeah. Why give sacrificially mm-hmm. when the church has enough to make up the difference? Right. Yeah. And made them lazy. Yeah. But the problem about endowments is they run out. Yes, yeah, they don't last forever. And then the church has lost its ability to give. Mm. And they don't have their nest egg anymore. Right. And they're really in trouble. Yeah. They in some ways have to start over. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Or have somebody else die and leave another endowment. (laughs) Now, now this is all on the subject of money, but you were also just saying that historically we always think of stewardship of money, and I feel like you were insinuating there's more to it than that. There's a lot more to that. Mm. What if instead of money, we took the word money out and put the term resource in? Right, okay. So now when you talk about what resources have I been given? Mm-hmm. Well, Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, Use your spiritual gifts as good stewards of right. the manifold grace of God. Mm. Oh, so spiritual gifts, the ability to be used by God for kingdom good, mm. is also stewardship. Now, what if God gives me, and I've seen some wonderful examples of this, what if God gives me a big house? Okay. And we have missionaries coming to visit, and we have other people in ministry who are coming, summer students and so on. Yeah. And you have the ability to house them easily. Hmm. That's stewardship. Yeah. I've known people who use their cars, who use their cottages, who use their boats, who use all of these things that only wealthy people have, mind you. Yeah. But they're all resources, God-given resources. Mm. Uh, There's an interesting story in the book of Esther. Yeah. And we would never think of stewardship this way. But um, uh, Haman Mm. comes up with this scheme that's going to do harm to the Jews. Right. And Mordecai comes to Queen Esther, Mm -hmm. who is Jewish by uh, birth and heritage. And heritage, yeah. And he comes to her and he says, Who knows but what God has put you in this position for such a time as this. Mm. Oh, wait now. Her position as queen is a stewardship. Right. Oh, and so she's to use that Mm. 
for the good of God's kingdom. And she does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you see, stewardship, if you put it as resource and not even physical resource, mm. spiritual gift resource. Yeah, yeah. Um, position. Yeah. Power. Huh. Lots of ways to view resource. Right. And we're stewards of all of it. It's interesting, too, because I find, like, with some, as you're saying that, I was thinking about some different, you know, spiritual gifts and, and, spiritual, and the way that God mm -hmm. has empowered each and every one of us. And, and you know, you know, some people might use the language of, like, a prayer warrior. You know, you think of... Sure. You think of the, I always, you know, the old granny who just loves to, loves yeah. to pray. But it's interesting because I, you, I feel like you'd never meet someone who would be empowered with that type of gifting... Um, who would, like, hold that back. Do you know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, And they will pray publicly, but more often they will right. pray privately. Privately, yeah. And they would never dream of not doing that. Right. And so that's what's so interesting, because you can have that juxtaposition of other gifts that God has given us that maybe we're not naturally acting on that to think... Yeah, it's, it's just sort of, it's got my wheels turning now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> and, and the further the f further you see resource, mm. the more you say, oh, right. that could be used. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and so could that. Oh, mm. wow, and so could that. Right, yeah. So f here's an example. So someone's a skilled, skilled carpenter. Hmm. And the local ministry or the local camp or the local church mm -hmm. needs something built. Do they need to go hire it done? Right, yeah. Oh, wait now. If he's going to use his ability as a carpenter as a resource for kingdom good, mm -hmm. then the answer's no. Right, yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. It's good to kind of to blow our thinking a little wider open. Mm, yeah. I even find it neat, too, when you think of we can see people with even in our own congregation, and you could see certain aspects of leadership with them and encourage them to, I don't know, like become a coach of a local soccer team, you know? And, yeah. and, and, and retraining your mind to think, I'm using my God-given gifts to hopefully have a positive impact on a bunch of mm -hmm. young boys, young girls. Um, yeah. And to, to view that as being a good steward of how God has gifted you. That, Adam's right there, not specific so specifically soccer, because... I'm a Valley boy, so soccer just comes out, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm about to retire. Mm. So now, I have to ask myself, what resources has God given me mm -hmm. that even though I'm not going to be employed by a church, right. in, in a vocational sense, what has he given me that I am going to have to look for a way to use 
for kingdom benefit. Right. Yeah, that's a and that's a challenge for me because right. I'm and I'm and it's a real challenge because I'm wrestling with it right now mm. because I'm just months now away from right moving into that next season moving into that next season and what's that look like yeah if anything for our ministry leaders it's it's sort of we can easily coast because we're in this world right you're like, everything yeah. i'm doing is for but now yeah that's interesting you're going to be in that next sort of okay wait a moment <laughs> just a minute yeah it's not my job anymore right so what do I do with it? Mm. Do I not teach anymore? And and I'll just say, probably teaching right. is a thing people would point to because it's the only thing I do well. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the. It's, I take things that are hard and help people understand them. Yeah. So do I stop doing that? Because I'm not doing it vocationally anymore. Right, right, yeah. So what's that look like now? Yeah, so it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah. But so, also also kind of exciting though, right? I mean, Yeah, yeah. Like, what What's God going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So then all of that as a backdrop, mm. we get some principles from Matthew 25, and Jesus is, is uh, teaching in parables. Parables... Yeah are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Yeah. Normally, one single big lesson. Right. And he talks about men who are given the minas. Right. Or the talents. The talents, yeah. And uh, people, it's not talents as in I can play the guitar exactly. or the banjo or the fiddle or right. I can sing. <laughs> this is a, a bit of money and it's a lot of money. Right. Yeah, this really opened when you were digging into this in in your sermon, like realizing the amount of money. Oh, huge yeah. money. Huge money. Um, one got five talents. A mm. hundred years wages. One got two talents, 40 years wages. Oh, yeah. One got one talent. The guy who got the least got 20 years wages still yeah right figure it out let's say you make 75,000 a year oh yeah 20 years worth it's a lot of money <laughs> it's a lot of money yeah. it's a lot of cash yeah and so the you know the the scripture says he entrusted to them his property there's the that the, it doesn't get clearer about stewardship than it does right there mm. entrusted to them, his property. Right. It never becomes the property of the servants. Of the servants, no, yeah. It is always the money of the wealthy man yeah. who's going on the trip. And uh, then he went away. Hmm. He was not going to stand over them to watch that they, they do what they should. Right. Gives you this sense of, uh, you know, the Bill Hybels book from years ago, Who You Are When Nobody's Looking. Right, yeah, yeah. And, um, and by the way, uh, again, um, John Mark Comer does yeah. a great job on this in his book Garden City. Oh, okay, yeah. 
he, he actually addresses this. Now, I didn't read his book till after I had prepared this, so <laughs> it, it was a little bit of, uh, of trouble. <laughs> Not trouble. But, uh, it, okay, so it's the boss's money. Mm. And they were expected to act according to the master's priorities. So mm. the master didn't get to be a wealthy man because... He wasn't shrewd with money. Right, yeah. So the five, the one with five goes and gets five more. The one with two goes and gets two more. The one with one buries the money because he's afraid. Yeah. So as believers, the point is, we should act according to the master's priorities. Mm-hmm. So if I'm spending all my money on myself, right. is that one of the master's priorities? Yeah, no, go probably out on not. A limb here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I go way out on a limb and say no, probably not. Yeah. So we we need to be after the master's priorities. And in our world, for this man, it was just to get more money. Right. But in our world, it's. God is pushing the kingdom forward. Right. So we got, have to be doing the things that will push the kingdom forward. Mm. And, um, you know, part of that is to remember where the talents came from. Yeah. And to remember the expectation of the master. Right. That's that whole what would Jesus do thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So... And then the hard part of this, I would also just repeat this. Remember, always with kingdom resources, we're meant to be conduits, not reservoirs. Mm. Interesting. Just a little illustration, and I used it here years ago, but I'll use it today just yeah, so people sure. understand. I hung around a farm growing up, and the farm had three pastures okay so there's a pasture and then you go through a little stand of trees and there's a second pasture then you go through another stand of trees and there's a third pasture and in between one and two was a little pond that flowed out into a brook that flowed down into the barnyard mm. now when it was hot we used to dam up the brook mm. so that it would fill the pond. Okay. Because the cattle used to stop there to drink. Right. Yeah, yeah. The problem is if you leave it dammed too long, you know what happens to a pond when it's standing water? Well, it just sort of like it goes funky, doesn't it? Or it, will... it goes funky and it will stink and yeah. eventually the cows won't drink out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure that like there's probably things that would actually make the cows very sick if they did. Could be. Yeah. So, we had to. Uh, there was always this balance. Right. Uh, it's the same thing with us with our resource. Mm. We just keep it to ourselves. It will eventually begin to stink. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and what's so fascinating with that, which which I think, 
is so interesting that you did in in your sermon gore is just to realize like i think we can still immediately start to think of that in regard to money again but yet it's really fascinating when you like when we keep our giftings to ourselves and if we're not using them we're not being stewards we're not being stewards we 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 might start to stink <laughs> right might start to stink <laughs> Because it's it's um, it symbolizes the fact that we are self-focused, mm. self-absorbed, mm-hmm. never meant to be. Yeah, the gospel, Jesus' ministry, Paul's ministry, always looked outward, outward, mm. outward, outward. Yeah, and if it's inward for us, yeah, we'll stink. Yeah. You ever known a Christian who was just keeping all their stuff to themselves? Have you ever known one? I'd like. Well, I wish I could say no, but wish you could say no, but yeah. really you can say yes. Yeah, and it stinks. It does. Yeah. So that's why, at the end of this parable, is accountability. Mm. Because he will not allow kingdom resource to be squandered. Right. Yeah. And so there's an accountability. And when the one with five says, Master, I came, I went right out and got you five more. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, You've been faithful in this little. I love that he calls it little. (laughs) A hundred years wages and he calls it little. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Um, (laughs) He says, now... You're going to get a whole city. Now you're going to get the whole schmear. Right. Two says, I went right out and got you two more. He says, well done. Like, awesome. You did it. You did it. My priorities with my stuff, Mm. good results, I'm going to give you more. Yeah. You were faithful in little, I'll give you much. And the other one says, well, I was afraid of you because you're a hard man. And so I buried it. And yeah. I called him wicked and lazy. Yeah. And he took it from him and he gave it to the one who had five. <laughs> yeah. There is an accountability. Mm. And so the best we can do is to continue to do whatever we're given mm. for kingdom benefit. Yeah. Now we don't get the well-done, good and faithful servant. But the part of this that we do see Mm. is that when a person has been a good steward of a little, God will often add more. Right. Faithful in a little, opportunity to be faithful in much. Right. And so we don't have God say to us, well, you did really well, but what he does do is increases our stewardship. Mm. You were mentioning how you were reading a little bit about that from Garden City a little, which mm-hmm. is that John Mark Comer book. Yeah. It was the part that kind of got you thinking. If Because I've read parts of it, I've heard his teaching on it, was the idea of like, what what does that mean when he says, oh, like, you get this city. <laughs> 
Because we get it. It's it's this earthly story with the heavenly meaning. Yeah. But we have to ask ourselves, what does that part mean? Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we're gonna follow the teaching now. Yes. Yeah. An oikonomos mm. was someone who was in charge of what? They were uh, they were like in charge of a, ho- a household. Okay. Now he says you've done well with the household. Now you're gonna get the city. Now you get a bunch of households. Yeah. See. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. Now people say, well, you know, how do I use that for kingdom benefit? Mm-hmm. Always, kingdom resource and need come together to form a ministry. Right. Yeah. Places for people to live and homeless people together form a ministry. Mm-hmm. People who are people who are hungry and people who have food come together mm. and it's a ministry. Right, yeah. That's how it always works. Right. So we have to just ask God, maybe. Hmm. Where's the need on this? Right, yeah. What do you want me to do? Yeah. And sometimes that um you know, I was like, like you say, like start with asking him, and then that can also mean like taking steps, like in your community, in your neighborhood. Like, uh, what, what are the needs? Way back, way back, in the ministry here at Louisville. And by when I say way back, I'm going to say 15 years ago. Okay. We were at a place where we just came to the sense that we needed to be here to serve in the community. Hmm. We had no idea where to start. Mm. So here's what we did. Went to the local schools and said, what do you need? Out of that came school supply drives, Mm. people, uh, including staff from here, who went to the breakfast club at the local elementary school because they needed someone to serve in the breakfast club. Yeah. To feed hungry children. Mm-hmm. We went to the local MLA and asked him, what do you need? Mm. And he began to say a few things, and then he began to call us when there was a need. Oh, interesting. So there was a family burned out uh, a few streets over, about a five or seven minute drive from here. And he called us and he said, look, over on uh, McLaughlin Drive, there's this family that got burned out. Can you... Um, any way you can help. Well, we put on a drive and we got them some furniture. Yeah. And we got them some clothes and we got them some money. Because then, and people will say, oh, you took direction from the local MLA? Absolutely we did. He knew where the needs were. Right, yeah. And because they were calling his office with the needs, then yeah, he would call us and say, yeah, and we worked with him on a number of projects. Oh, yeah. He became a good friend of ours. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there's all kinds of ways of looking. Mm. Yeah. An- another one. 
we did a little bit of research and we asked ourselves the question, what percentage of our families in our community, Louisville, mm -hmm. are single parent families? Okay. What did we find out? Take a wild guess at the percentage oh. of families here that were single parents. In our, like in our church or in our neighborhood? No, in our neighborhood here. Oh, I feel like it's probably going to be staggering. 56%. More wow. than half of the families yeah. were single parent. Yeah. So, we said most of them have cars. Most of them are female. Mm. So, we turned our gym one Saturday into a spa. Oh, okay. We got hairdressers to, uh, to uh, uh, volunteer their time. Yeah. We got uh, um, estheticians, uh, nail people, mm. to volunteer their time. Uh, different people, um, um, nutritionists, uh, all kinds of different people to, to donate their time. And the mothers came here mm. with their children. We looked after their children while they went through a spa day. Huh. And one of the things they had to do was surrender the keys to their car. Oh, okay. And meanwhile, we took the keys to a a man's place who had a garage nice. and we changed the oil and topped up all of their fluids oh, nice. and brought it back to them. Nice. So when they got their car back they already had their oil changed, they already had their fluids all topped up. Very cool. Let's see, that that's just a need and kingdom resource. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've I've seen sometimes you first sometimes you find people in in one's church who are eager and they want to serve and they want to do something but they can't figure it out and sometimes you have to ask like what's something you're passionate about and what do you do what do you do well yeah when you have spare time what do you do well I tinker with my car a lot perfect perfect I got a job for I got you a job for you yeah <laughs> how would you like to to tinker for a morning where it will make a difference in somebody's life yeah. And uh, that was one of the most fun days we've had in our time here at Louisville. Yeah. No, that's very cool. Yeah. I've heard of uh, really inspiring stories of uh, I had friends who were working at a church out west in the Manitoba area. And um, they did some research, a very similar type of research um, in regard to like the family dynamics and kid dynamics around their city. And um, they realized they really felt God pulling them to speak into the foster care system. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden... What a great need. Yeah. What it, a great need. It was like they really felt like God kind of lit a fire underneath of them. And they were like, what if we as a church community can like fix the foster system not worldwide but like in there but locally yeah. locally yeah yeah and so they were like well i mean we have like great families who are here and like what why wouldn't we want to bring children and raise them into this yeah so they they just had like and we're not talking about the staff either we're talking about families in the church who just started adopting and that's like yeah, this is not an easy thing, right? This is an sometimes it's a very difficult thing. Yeah, 
But talk about um, being open to God, being open to the spirit of where he'll lead with what's... Because that's the other thing. You, you made the joke. It's like, why were you talking to the MLA? Because he knows. He, and he does know. God also knows too. You know? Yeah, that's like, right. You know? Yep. And he may open us up to things we didn't even think about. We had a single mother here. And uh, a car broke down. Mm. We got a towed to a, a mechanic who's friendly to us. And he said it can't be fixed. It's got a frame issue. So then we asked ourselves the question, now how are we going to get her mobile? Mm. She needs to get groceries. She needs to get to work. She needs so. We asked around and found out that there was a, a man in our congregation who rebuilt cars. Oh, okay. So he said, yeah, I just rebuilt a car. It's in good running order. Hmm. How much do you need for us to purchase it from you? Because mm. you've invested money in, you know, he gave us a figure. An entirely reasonable figure. Right, yeah. We passed the hat around in the deacon's board and to a few other people who have resource and have been generous over mm. the years. And the next thing you know, we had enough money to buy the car. Nice. So we bought the car, and I had the privilege of driving to her work <laughs> and walking up to the counter and saying, um... You need to register it in your name, and you need to insure it. And she burst into tears. Oh, yeah. She had a car. Yeah. A couple of weeks later, she's talking to a friend at work, and the friend notices that she's driving a car and says, you know, what's the story with the car? Yeah, yeah. And she told her the story about her church and what they did. Hmm. The friend said, was that Louisville Baptist? <laughs> and she said, yes. Yeah, I've heard they do things like that. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Kingdom win all around. Yeah. And not because of us. No, 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 no. Right? It's just, it's just kingdom forward, kingdom yeah. forward, kingdom forward. Yeah. That's what happens when stewardship is exercised. Right, yeah. Now, you know, there's a story I used to tell, I'll tell it. Um, but what about, what, when, what must God think when stewardship doesn't work? Mm. When he gives us something that he expects us to use for kingdom benefit and we don't. Mm. Well, there was a time I took our daughter out to McDonald's. Okay. And uh, we're sitting there. And uh, I reach over to take a French fry. And she says, no, mine. <laughs> I looked at her with wide eyes and I said, you know where those came from? You know I can see you don't get any more of those till you're 16? Do you understand this? <laughs> yeah. I wonder how God feels when he says, you know what? That person could use... A bit of resource. Mm. We say, no, nah, I think I'm going to hang on to it. Yeah. Yeah. Open-handed. Yeah. 
if, if I could put one two-word phrase on stewardship, mm. it would be whatever resource God has given us, deal with it open-handedly. I like that. Have you ever gone into a store and maybe your hands are full and whatever and, and the, the clerk will say, I, I need 78 cents. You reach into your pocket and you pull out a handful of change and then you just hold your hand open and let them pick the change out of your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll surprise them the first time you do it because mm. they're not used to open-handed. Yeah. No, that's neat. I like that. It's um, it's a growth area, and mm. some will say, "Well, you know, I don't know where to start." Just ask God to start you. Yeah. Ask Him to give you an opportunity. Yeah. And if anything, too, like we we've said, we've been very um, intentional with the order of these spiritual disciplines over the summer, right? Like yeah. Working your way through these disciplines. Um, and practices, this is one of those ones that's going to start to rise to the surface, right? Where God will start speaking into our lives. Yeah, and, this is where the rubber meets the road. And, yeah. and he says, well, really, if, if you're that committed, mm -hmm. then, then let me ask for this resource. Mm. And let me... Uh, why don't you trust me? Mm. Why don't you take a step? Why don't you give it? Why don't you use it? Yeah. Why don't you exercise it? Yeah. I would just say that's where the life comes from. Mm. When, when the power and the generosity of God mm. flows to us and through us into the lives of others. Yeah. That's where the testimonies come from. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And uh, if, if you've got a long time since, you know, we used to have these prayer meetings where we'd have popcorn testimonies. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We used to say a popcorn testimony was, it used to pop like a piece of popcorn, so mm. it was going to be quick. But what's God doing in your life now? And, and if you ask yourself the question, if someone asked me for a popcorn testimony, would I be able to give anything? Mm. Would I have anything to say? Right. If the answer is no, then maybe the simple prayer is, God, give me a testimony. Right. Yeah. Very cool. And it's a discipline because it goes against uh, everything in us. will say, hold it tight, hold it tight, hold it tight, hold it close, mm. hold it. Well, right on, Gord. So, you next week. I'm on. I'm up. This week you're talking to us about community. Yeah, which is which is will be interesting um, because we've talked about community before um, here at the church since I've been here twice actually. Yeah. And uh, but this one's a little different because we're we're talking about it in the in the framework of the spiritual disciplines, right? Mm -hmm. So I take a little bit of a different angle. Good. I'm excited to see where it goes. Good. And I'm hoping people, when they're watching it, they're sitting down because there's going to be some things <laughs> that might get a little uncomfortable, but it's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it, though. Yeah. Just while we're sitting here, mm. 
We're in my office, by the way, yes, folks. Yeah. And um, uh, on the whiteboard behind me is something that was put there mm. a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Louisville, LBC, Louisville Baptist Church, is a community church, and Louisville is our community. We're driven by outreach. We're contemporary, blended with traditional, evangelistic, and missional at heart. And here's the one change oriented in approach. Yeah. We got to remember that. Yeah. Change oriented in approach. So, let's hope we get. Uh, Good response, good feedback. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I People hope so. ready to uh, enter into a uh, yeah. bit of change? Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. And if anything, I can just fall back on the, on the fact that they weren't my words being used. They were Jesus's words being used. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> now, I don't pull that line in the, in the teaching on Sunday, but... Uh, It'll be fun. But that's where you can fall back. Yeah, that's where I can fall back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey this wasn't my idea. <laughs> Jesus talked about it first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I plead the fifth or yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. Well, right Very on. good. Thanks, Adams. No, um, thank you, Gord. I've enjoyed this. Yeah. This is my last time in the hot seat. We yeah, have two of those true. messages left, and uh, we'll be talking to you next week. Yeah. And then the week after that, our brother Josh Smith. Josh Smith. He's who, closing it out. Who he's closing it out talking about serving. Mm, yeah. So yeah, well, it's been great. It's been great. And we'll see you then. Okay. okay. Thanks, Adams. Bye.